To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Tuesday, the 1st of March, and what a red letter day. After nigh on just over two years of moaning, Today is a day of joy and unabashed delight. I'm going to savour every moment of Tuesday the 1st of March. It's been a long time between drinks, but today is the day that we can proudly proclaim it's a good one. Looking overseas, we have almost universal pressure from the world on Russia to end its occupation of Ukraine. It's, I think, the first time I have seen in my lifetime the world coming together and saying no. This is unacceptable, and they're prepared to put money where their mouths are in terms of the sanctions, in terms of not allowing Russian athletes to play. I mean, it's across the board. It's it's just about every sphere of Russian life has been affected by the occupation. And it's been remarkable watching the leadership of Yelensky, the bravery of the Ukrainian people, as I say, the major democracies of the world finally showing that they do indeed have cojones and putting significant and meaningful sanctions on Russia. Make no mistake, this will hurt Putin and Russia. Putin still has nuclear weapons up his sleeve, of course, so the situation there is far from over. But day of unabashed joy and delight, let us take joy and positivity from the fact that the world's leaders are throwing their support in behind Ukraine and Ukrainians on just about every level. Closer to home, self-isolation is over for returning Kiwis. Finally, finally, a little bit of common sense. More where that came from, please. And yes, MIQ should be scrapped for arrivals to New Zealand if they test negative. But we will save that moan for another day because today is a happy day. The love actually scenes at the airport brought tears to my eyes. If you saw it, it, people weren't so much embracing as inhaling one another. We are so lucky to live in an age of FaceTime and Zoom, but nothing, absolutely nothing, beats the connection of a full body hug between people who love one another, just who haven't seen each other for ages and ages. So yay, very good. And then, you know, we had the the announcement on after the cabinet meeting that no more stupid isolation while Omicron's galloping through the community. And then overnight, we have the announcement of a most excellent trade deal that's been negotiated between New Zealand and the UK, our old buddies, before they hoofed off to the EU and left us trying to find a market for our very good butter and cheese. The 99.5% of tariffs on New Zealand's exports will be removed. That will begin by the end of the year. Some of it will be staggered like the beef. The first 12,000 tonnes that go in, will no tariff. Anything beyond that will have tariffs for a few more years. Then it will gradually taper off. But detail, detail. Basically, 99.5% of tariffs on New Zealand's exports will be removed. The boost to New Zealand's GDP is estimated to be between 700 million and a billion. Very helpful when we're paying for the costs of COVID. Not a criticism, just a statement. Uh, Business New Zealand has rightfully congratulated the negotiators. Chief Executive Kirk Hope says the deal will cut costs for New Zealand exporters, provide significantly greater access to the UK market and advance other issues important to New Zealand. New Zealand hasn't had 
tariff-free access into the UK since Britain joined the EEC in 1973. So this deal, says Surma Karapiva, Chief Executive of the Meat Industry Association, will deliver a major boost for sheep and beef farmers and exporters. The dairy industry is delighted. The UK is the world's second largest dairy import market. But over the last nearly 50 years, New Zealand exporters have had their participation in this trade significantly curtailed by tariff disadvantages compared with the EU competitors. In 2021, New Zealand supplied less than 1% of UK dairy imports. Look for that to change. It's really fascinating if you go back to 73 when Britain did indeed join the EEC and basically started grocery shopping uh, from its European neighbours. For years, New Zealand had supplied everything Britain needed. And then in 61... Early 60s, it said, Look, sorry guys, we're probably going to get all our stuff from our European neighbours, which made sense for them. And we, if you go back into the history, I mean, whoever thought economic history would be interesting, but I find it so. If you go back, our trade negotiators back then went, You can't do that. You're going to leave us completely and utterly buggered, really. Our, Our farmers will be stuffed. What about the effort we made in the war, eh? How quickly you forget. That was only 20 years ago. There are still people on farms who fought in that war and basically played on Britain's heartstrings to allow concessions to keep us in the market, still being able to supply a few of the dairy requirements. And it also gave our exporters time to try and find new markets. They went galloping off. Oh, the United States likes hamburgers. Would you like our lean beef? Mm, Yes, I suppose so, said the Yanks. So fascinating that our negotiators were able to play on ties that were not purely about money. It was about loyalty and shared history. So that enabled us, gave us a bit of wriggle room and a bit of time while still giving us a a way into, into Britain. But it was tough. I mean, if you go back in the history books, and in fact you might have lived long enough to remember it, We had the oil shocks in 73 and then we had our exports cut significantly as a result of Britain going grocery shopping next door. So this is basically full circle. This is 50 years later, we're back almost where we started with Britain. So a great day for New Zealand, all round. But interesting, given our chat about farmland being put into forestry yesterday, I don't know if you heard that in amongst all our technical difficulties. I do apologise for those once again, and shan't speak another word of them. Um, We had Lawrence Yule talking about real concerns about farmland being sold and planted up in pine trees. You can't eat pine trees. You can certainly flog a few pine trees off to China, but you can't eat it and you can't sell it overseas. Maybe it's time to pull out the pine trees, get the drovers to move the sheep and cattle up the road and let them start grazing. There's money on four hooves right there. 0800 80 10 80 is the number to call. Love to hear from those of you in the industry. Love to hear from those of you. Well, all of us will be affected. If we get a billion dollars into our GDP, we're all going to be a lot better off. Even the vegetarians and the vegans.